Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Well, it got exciting Sunday. But the Tennessee Titans got their first win of the season. 24-22 over the Oakland Raiders. Oh, there I said it. The Las Vegas Raiders. Mm-hmm. It's, it, you just leap <laughs> in our soul. I do that all the time. <laughs> you just can't get away from that. I am sorry to the uh, to Mark Davis and everybody with that franchise. But uh, but we will uh, we will break down the good, the bad, maybe even a little bit of ugly in that one. But uh, a win is a win is a win. Correct, Denard Walker. If you got to take it any way you can, a Denard win is a Walker. win. Yeah, Denard Walker, of course, former Titans quarter cornerback. John Glennon is with us also. John, how are you? I am well. I hope you guys are. I, for one, am. I am David Beauclair. John and I of all Titans at SI.com, of course. And this is the Believe in Titans podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every single league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting to props and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, gentlemen, where do we want to start? Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's start on the, on the bright side. Derrick Henry, by all accounts, looked, uh, looked much more like the Derrick Henry everybody is used to seeing, everybody wants to see. Um, Denard, from from your seat, what did you see from Derrick Henry? How much more optimistic are you about him after this week three performance? David and John, you know, I'm always, you know, I, I tell you, 
both of you said the stats are misleading. And when I watched Derek Sunday, I watched a man possessed. He ran like he was on a mission. He ran angry. He ran like he was looking for someone to hit. Uh, he was resilient. And the way that Todd Downing used him, it started with Derek and it ended with Derek. You're talking about the 20 carries for 85 yards, but it's the passing game, the 58 yards on five catches. Uh, he basically, he wore down this defensive line for the Raiders. They didn't want no part of the King. And unfortunately, the second half came. We're not going to talk about that, but the first half, the way that this offense played, you're talking about on the first four possessions, three touchdowns and one field goal, 24 points, no turnovers. And Derrick Henry was a big reason that this team was successful coming out with a win Sunday. He ran uh, like a man on a purpose. So, John, Denard brings up the second half. Let, let's uh, let, let's look at that for a minute because, you know, we've seen so many times Derrick Henry put games, put teams away in the fourth quarter. Was uh, – was was this a case of of the Titans doing something different in the fourth quarter, or, or was he simply not as effective? Was the offensive line not as effective? What do you think? You know, yeah, my my sense was that um, the Raiders, you know, made better adjustments. I, I thought uh, than than did the Titans, and then Mike Brittle kind of touched on that too. Um, you know, he said we should have anticipated uh, some of the adjustments that they were going to make at halftime, and and you know, made some ourselves. In so many words is, is what he said, uh, because we, we didn't see the same kind of yardage. Obviously, I think only 21 of, of Derrick Henry's yards came in that in that second half. So it was more of a challenge. But again, uh, yeah, I, I go back and, and um, you know, echo a little bit of what, what Denard said there. Um, you know, one, uh, the, the passing game, the, the yards that he got through the air, you know, I, I, I think. What that does is, is kind of twofold. Um, you know, one, it, it when Derrick Henry's in the game, ninety percent of the time, you know, opposing defenses figure either he's going to be a run, it's going to be a running play, or they're throwing to somebody else. If you can get Derrick Henry involved in that passing game, that adds you know something else for that defense to think about. Uh, you know, and and then I think also in in the passing game too, what uh, what Mike Vrabel pointed out about what the what was happening was. The Raiders were kind of pushing back a little bit, trying to cut off some of those crossing patterns that the Titans like so much with their wide receivers, leaving some of that short uh, range open. And, and that's where Derrick Henry as a receiver really came in. But I thought, yeah, yards after contact on the ground, I think 74 of his 85 yards were after contact on the ground. 50 of his 58 uh, receiving yards were after the catch. And, and when you listen to what uh, people were saying about him afterwards, that's when you really got even more of a sense that it was a different kind of Derrick Henry that we saw in week three. You know, uh, Tannehill saying, this is the kind of uh, uh, Derrick Henry we've come, you know, the guy who's breaking tackles, uh, running through tacklers and, and gaining that extra yardage. And, uh, you know, Mike Vrabel sort of saying the same things, saying that, you know, thought he ran hard, thought he ran with a real purpose. Uh, and that's what the expectations are for Derek. So big, big step, uh, even though it was not an incredible yardage performance, definite step in the right direction, in my mind, for, for Derek Henry in the run game. Yeah, I, I thought uh, in terms of the pass game, too, a, cu- a couple things struck me. Number one, that 
that first screen pass he took that it was it was second and long and he turned it into a 19 yard gain you know he he juggled that pass didn't didn't catch it cleanly and and we all know Derrick Henry's not the best pass receiver out of the backfield and and I was struck by the idea of of how much different that start could have felt had he dropped that pass, you know, because then you're in third and really long and you're thinking, oh, God, you know, Derek's just not a reliable option in the pass game. What are you going to do? But, uh, but you know, you wondered almost like a like a funny punt return, too, if that extra half second it took him to secure the ball maybe allowed the Raiders to over-pursue or something, you know, created some lanes there for him that weren't there. But then, uh, you know, they, they certainly built confidence in that. And uh, and I think it was Mike Rabel talked about it too. Said you know the Raiders were basically playing a two deep shell the whole day, and and there was that you know there was that area on the other side of the line of scrimmage underneath the linebackers for him to be there. And I I think that goes to it sort of speaks to the absence of AJ Brown, right? Denard, you can correct me if I'm wrong about this, but you're not rolling coverage anywhere. You're playing that that basic two deep shell, and and without that sort of that sort of threat in the passing game right now, it, you can almost expect other teams to do the same thing where, you know, we might see more of these four, five, six, seven catch games from Derrick Henry this year. And he, you know, he's the guy maybe who can make defenses pay for that, in, in a, in, you know, based on what they're doing without having to, to account for A.J. Brown this year. Yeah, that's huge. And you got to also mention um, the fact that Dontrell, uh, the one catch that he had yeah. in the end zone, that was huge. But that's what you love about Derek is is you don't want to become one dimensional in this league. You don't want teams to figure out. So when you can have another dimension, especially your star running back in the passing game, that's just a huge bonus offensively but I like Dontrell that he's back and he's getting healthy I'm glad Caleb was back so those hamstrings healed well I guess my prayers came true but I just love the way Todd Downing called this game Sunday and and what he really what I like to point out was there's two players that's been kind of missing in action and we talked about all offseason was the tight ends I loved on the first series that he utilized Austin Hooper you go back on that what was that a third and ten that was a big first down because guess what? They went down and score by sustaining by converting on third down and not to mention who ends up capping it off. Big Jeff Swain. How many times have we saw where last year against the Rams and against the Colts, when Swain gets is it when he's in, involved in the game plan and he seems to start the scoring process, it's like Tennessee, they don't lose. They just don't lose. And I was like, you know what? Maybe this is going to be a big day. Now that big Jeff Swain, you know, scored the first touchdown. And it just looked like after that, they just, they start rolling. And it was just fun to watch, at least in the first half. Yeah. that And that, you know, that's one of those subtle things that, you know, one of those, one of those little moves that, that doesn't get talked about, didn't really get talked about here in Nashville this week. You know, Jeff Swain, all through training camp, all through the preseason, you know, Mike Vrabel even referred to him a week or so ago. You know, he's our best blocking tight end. Well, Jeff Swain has did not block particularly well the first two games of this year. The Titans elevated uh, Kevin Rader, a guy named Kevin Rader from their practice squad last week. Rader was doing a lot of that dirty work in that game, and and Swain goes out and catches a touchdown pass, and that you know it, we might. Uh, we, we might be seeing a little shift in how the uh, the tight ends are used this year and, and maybe a little bit 
less of a reliance on Chigo Conquo, the the rookie, and and give him a little more time, you know, to to develop without overburdening him this year. And you uh, you mentioned the hamstrings. It's Christian Fulton and Dontrell Hilliard who both came back from hamstring injuries. There's no doubt Christian Fulton made a difference in the secondary and the way the whole defense played. Another big difference, though, of course, was that that Caleb Farley did not see the field except for one play late in the game, when, uh, or at least outside of special teams, one play when, when Christian Fulton cramped up. Terrence Mitchell pulled off the, uh, the, the Patriots practice squad last Wednesday, ended up playing three-quarters of the defensive snaps. He was – he was outside in, in nickel and dime situations. Roger McCreary went inside and, and John Glennon, was that a good move? Was that, was that a bad move? What, you know, give us, give us your take on that. I mean, what a massive statement of a lack of trust, a lack of confidence in a first round draft pick. Uh, I mean, that, that to me is incredible. It's not as if he said, you know, maybe we're going to have one of our other DBs, you know, step up and, and, and take over uh, some of Caleb's responsibilities. He benched him completely. And, and as you mentioned, the, the guy they replaced him with is a guy from a New England Patriots practice squad who was signed in the middle of a short week of practice and basically sent in as the, as the third quarter. So, you know, in, in my mind, and Mike Brable has never said this in, in particular but in my mind Mike Vrabel looked at that Monday night football game uh, against Buffalo and and those two plays in in particular on on a Buffalo scoring drive one the long pass to 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 Kumaro, uh 39 yarder and then just a few plays later when Caleb Party completely lost uh down near the end zone there and Stefan Diggs the uh, the 4 yard uh pass in the end zone and I think Mike Vrabel just said, I, I can't, there's no way I can win with this. We got a guy at cornerback, you know, our third cornerback who, you know, doesn't really know what's going on out there. Um, and, and so I think, you know, in desperation, uh, he looked at a guy on a practice squad that at least had seven years of experience in the NFL that has started a number of games. So I, I can see a little bit of the way he thought. But you're taking a big risk also, in, in my mind, in terms of uh, the confidence level of a, uh, of a first round draft pick moving forward. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's one thing to, to kind of be learning as you, as you go out there, but it's another uh, completely when your coach says, we're shutting you down. Uh, you know, the third game of the season, you were so uh, poor in, in week two. We can't trust you out there. We're not going to risk you out there. That's a, that's a tough spot to be in for Caleb Farley. And unfortunately, also in 2020 hindsight, Terrence Mitchell was was not much. Uh, um, you know, I, I think he wound up giving up six catches on, on eight targets, 102 yards. Gave up that touchdown pass that, that nearly tied the game. Uh, right at the end, when, when to me it looked like he had a perfectly good chance at, at playing the ball and, and just failed to do it. Uh, you know, Mac Collins just uh, out jumped him for the ball. So right now you're you're kind of you're going to you know not not only bringing it that now you're saying a week later that really didn't work, but you're also got a reclamation project on your hand and and Caleb Barley who has probably added, you know, some, some confidence issues in the first place and now is, is dealing even 
even more so with those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. Mike Vrabel was not exactly waving the pom poms over Terrence Mitchell's performance and, <laughs> and said after the game, you know, we're we're still we're still looking. And it, it you know, it sounds like Caleb Farley, Trey Avery, you know, everybody's going to have a chance to to convince these coaches in practice that they can do something. But it, it, you know, it, it sounded like after the game, talking to people, talking to Mike Vrabel, that you know, the idea was to take the guys who have been here. Your Kevin Byard, Amani Hooker, Christian Fulton, uh, and so on, and and work work to take away Devontae Adams and Darren Waller as much as you could in that game, and and those guys didn't didn't hurt the Titans terribly, and that left Terrence Mitchell to to do the basic you know basic man to man coverage or basic zone you know things that he has done in this league on what the Titans considered the least threatening option most of the day, which that was Mac Hollins, who ended up having a big game. So Denard, as somebody who has played the position, what you know, tell us kind of what they were looking for from Terrence Mitchell and, and what didn't they get from him on Sunday? Well, it looked like they were uh, trying to survive on the edge, <laughs> to be honest with you, because Mac Hollins, I mean, wow, what a game. You're talking about targeted eight times. He had eight catches for 158 yards, and not to mention, he accounted for five of their first downs. So he had a huge day. And you are a veteran on that fourth and 15 and 15. You the ball, you can't let the ball over your head. If you don't do anything else, what you do, make them catch it in front of you. That's not going to hurt the defense. I mean, you might give up some use, but you don't let the, uh, you know, the, uh, Matt Collins get behind you. So when I look at this unit, uh, and, and this is, I've had a lot of confidence of six years of career. It didn't phase me one bit who's on the edge. I just had confidence when I go out there. I'm going to make a play. Even sometimes when you don't make a play, you come up short. You still have enough confidence to let them compete. Right now, what Caleb is, I think it's more of he just is when you have your head coach benches you, it really does something to your psyche level. And not to mention you are a second year player. So what he has to do right now is that you have to work through uh, this time, what he has to do is to take those mental reps in practice, take those physical reps and make sure that you win those one on ones. And that way you get your confidence back. I, I don't like to see when they just bench a guy, not the, in the second year, but I I'm an expert at this because I've been at the top of this game and I've also been I've been benched twice, benched the Minnesota after eight games. I wasn't playing well. I was a little banged up. And my confidence was shot, and I was benched my first year in Oakland, uh, probably after the fourth game of the season. I just wasn't cutting it. And you know what it was? It was just confidence. That's all it was. It was just confidence. It's good for the game to come through to last the back half. It's let the game come to you. Jerry Gray, who's now the defensive coordinator for the Green Bay uh, Green Bay Packers. He was our defensive back coach. Let it come to you. Sometimes it's going to take time. And what Caleb has to learn during all of this is he's got to learn to keep fighting. When you play in this league, it's a fight. It's 17 weeks of a fight. They don't call it a game of attrition. Or there's a reason that, excuse me, that they call it a game of attrition because it is a fight. It's real. And that's what he's doing. You're no longer at Virginia Tech. You're not playing against ACC uh, opponents anymore. You're playing against the top of the line. 
So again, I like to see them not just bench him, but give him a couple reps in there. Give him to try to get his confidence back. I just don't like when a coach says, Hey, you go over there and sit down and, and just be on your time. It's going I want to see them to slowly get him some, some of those reps because that can get his confidence. Yeah. Oh, that oh, touch, touch froze up there for a second, David. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say, uh, too, and, you know, what, what concerned me about the, the whole situation, too, is some of the, the phrasing, you know, obviously Mike Brabel was, was questioned pretty significantly about this whole situation. Um, and, and, you know, some of the phrasing that he used, you know, and I, I look back at it now and, and he sort of talked in general about players, even though the, the question was specifically about Farley. And he said, you know, we all have to get comfortable in doing our jobs, making sure we understand the call understand the concept is and what we're trying to get done uh you know and and to me uh, again the question was about at least to me that 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 indicates to me that there's just uh you know a, a disconnect right now uh that is not necessarily you know the the physical skills of Harley that, that's holding him back he's just not sure um you know what's going on that both in the you know play calls uh, and and tech well, and I know that you know we've we've talked about the fact that Farley barely played at all as a rookie because of injury, and he didn't play it his final year at Virginia Tech as well. But still, you have to say that the learning curve is is you know he is he is behind uh, where the Titans expected him to be certainly uh, on the learning curve at uh, at this point. And you know, I'll, I'll just real quick, I'll, I'll say, you know, the, the Titans, when they drafted Caleb Farley, they knew a guy, incredible raw, incredible skills, but they gambled a little bit because of his, his lack of playing time, uh, you know, and because of his in, and, you know, right now, still early, obviously in his career, but right now, you know, that, that gamble isn't looking too good because those skills that raw talent hadn't been far, uh, you know, to, to turn him into a good cornerback. Minus the the understanding of, of of what's going on out there. Yeah, Denard, you mentioned Jerry Gray, who who played the game at a very high level as well yeah. at, at cornerback. And I, I remember being struck when he was the Titans' defensive backs coach. He was really good at telling you guys, like, look, when you see this look, it's going to be A or B. He he tried to keep things as simple as possible in your minds and, and not clutter your minds with things. And, and he would tell you, don't, don't think about any of this other stuff. You see this, it's A or B and go. And, uh, and, and that doesn't seem to be what's going on in Caleb Farley's head right now at all. You know, he's, he's struggling. You can tell uh, the game Monday night um, when they were playing Buffalo, he was just struggling because you know he had athleticism. I mean, he what he run like a. You know he had the speed coming in. That's why they drafted him at that twenty second in the first round. So you know the you know that physical ability is there. This game, uh, David, is ninety percent. It's all about your mentality that you take um, each week in the game. You know, it's it's mental. It's that much more. It changes. Sometimes guys can get away with things in college that they can't get away with in the National Football League. And so what Caleb has to do, because I've been in his shoes before, I can empathize with him. Uh, this happened to me in Denver. And I, I don't want to, I'm not going to go too far, but 
He had Delta O'Neill, who ended up making the Pro Bowl back in 2001. He was a first-round draft pick out of California. And the second year uh, in Denver, they benched Delta O'Neill, and then they went with Tyrone. It was me and Tyrone. But what Mike did and David Gibbs, who was the cornerbacks coach, David went to Mike and said to get him in there, get him some. We let Delta. Delta take like a series and you take like a, you know, we'll do like a little rotation. I was like, yes, because what you want, you want to continue to keep him engaged, keep him in the game because David, it just takes one time to make a play and it ends up, it can galvanize your career. I'm telling you, I've seen it happen. I've been a part of that process. Just let me make one play. And then once you make that one play, it's the same thing in Oakland. In 2004, he was their first round draft pick out of Cal Berkeley, and he ends up getting beat out, beat, getting beating, beat out by me. I end up an old washed up vet. So again, it's all mentality. That's all Caleb needs to to understand. Once they look so what I call that mental to this game, and we saw that we saw when he was at Virginia Tech. Well, you used the term game of attrition a short time ago. Taylor Lewan, left tackle, out for the year. Um, Titans obviously survived this week without him. Dennis Daly is is the guy who's who's plugged in at that spot for right now. Um you know, Taylor hasn't been to the Pro Bowl since 2019. Uh, I'll start with you, John Glennon. How big a loss for this is that Titans offensive line? Uh, you know how uh, how are they gonna how are they gonna deal with this going forward? Well, it's a, it's a it's a very big loss because we know you know his experience, his athleticism, um, you know, are, are outstanding qualities to to have their left tackle. You know, on on the other hand, I, I think the Titans over the last few years have learned to live uh, at times without Taylor Lewan in the lineup. You know, you look at, uh, you know, obviously, well, this year he, he basically only played in one game. He missed four games fully last year and, and some others partly, uh, you know, and he only played five games the year before that. So this is not something that is completely new um, for the Tennessee Titans. You know, you, you, you wish, you know, if you're the Titans that, that obviously that Dylan Radens was a guy that you could just plug in there. This is a guy, a tackle uh, who played left tackle in college that you drafted in the second round a couple of years ago. And yet Dylan Radens has kind of tumbled down so far, uh, that he is not even, you know, he's no longer even the swing tackle. He's basically a guard right now. So you, you've got Dennis Daly, uh, starting at left tackle. Uh, you know, and, and he was primarily a backup in, in previous years in the NFL. And they added LaRaven Clark today from, you know, picked him up, um, uh, and, and will added him to the 53 roster off of, uh, off of Philly's practice squad as well. And he's got some experience at all the positions, but you know, I, I think so far, and this is a very limited sample. You know, it, it's, I think so far we're, we're looking at an offensive line. Uh, you know, that then in the three games, uh, and, and Luan, granted, was one of them, has only given up four sacks. We saw Derrick Henry, you know, had, had a, a pretty solid uh, numbers in the uh, in the run game. Um, so, 
you know, I, I don't think right now it's maybe not as bad as what we, we might have considered. And, and we have to remember, too, that the Raiders had some pretty good pass rushers on that team, too. And, and you know, the, the Titans did a pretty decent job handling them. But, you know, uh, all that said, you know, I, I think we've probably seen the end of, of Taylor Lewan clearly, uh, because he's under contract for one more year. But, uh, David, as you wrote about the other day, uh, it's a $14.8 million cap savings. Uh, for the Titans, if they if they cut him, uh, you know, prior to next season, so uh, maybe another topic for another day is is what exactly is Taylor Lewan's tenure? You know, after the the early Pro Bowl appearances, the last few years has has had a tough time staying on the field as much. So, a mixed resume right now for Taylor Lewan. So, Denard, you've got a you've got a journeyman at left tackle right now. You've got a rookie in Nicholas Petit Frere at right tackle. Uh, you, you know how much help. Are they are the Titans going to have to give those guys on, on a on a regular sort of basis? Like, is the uh, is a five wide alignment almost out of the question for this team, at least for the short term, right now? David, I don't know what you just said, but if they can do what they did Sunday, then <laughs> um, listen. If it's not I broke, broke, I broke up tell. when you hear what, what I was asking was with with Daly on one side, Nicholas Petit Frere on the other. How much help are those guys going to need? I mean, can the Titans go spread at times this year? Are they going to have to, you know, have to limit the number of receivers in in the pattern on on most plays right no, now? No, no, you're not going to have to change a thing. You play the way that you played Sunday. I mean, this was a great – if you look at this offensive line, the way that they played Sunday was magnificent. Uh, there was plays, there was times where when you watch – uh, this offensive line block, especially in the first quarter, David, they were pushing, um, that Las Vegas front backwards. I mean, those guys were five or 10 yards downfield on that first series. And I hate to say this, poor Jayon Brown. Uh, Ben Jones took Jayon for a ride. He literally rode him right out of the stadium. It, it, I had tears in my eyes. And that, that, listen, that group, that front five, the way that they blocked, you talking about Dennis Daly. Aaron Brewer, Ben Jones, Nate Davis, Nicholas Petit Frere, that's the best I've seen in this bunch. You're talking about coming together at the right time and playing with that nastiness. If they don't play, if they didn't play the way that they played Sunday, Tennessee wouldn't have a chance at winning that game. They were resilient. They were tough. And if this group continues, if they can stay healthy, if they can just stay healthy, this is a good front. I mean, if you look at the way that Derek ran Sunday, Look at the holes. Look at the way that they ran the play action. You can't run play action if there's no running game. They, I don't want to say kill, but they absolutely dismantled the Raiders secondary by play action pass. How do you set up play action? You run the football. And the only way that you can do that, if your offensive line, if they can hold up, even in play action, look at the way the offensive line, you talk about the game that Robert Woods had. They can't make those throws unless your offensive line is holding up. David, they don't need to change anything. They just need to continue to build off the performance that they put in uh, Sunday. And if they do that, I tell you what, this is going to be a tough group uh, for the next uh, 15 or 14 or 15 games uh, left on, for the season. And, and we've got a couple minutes to go here. You've got uh, got a big division game this week, the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis. Uh, Colts have had their struggles too. Uh John, I'll, I'll ask you this uh, based on uh, based on what you've seen so far. What do you what what has surprised you about the Titans and and how you know how does that set them up going into this game? 
Uh, you know, I, I would say I'll offer you maybe a, a couple of surprises. I would say um, on the on, on the plus side, um, you know, is actually one of the things we we have touched on earlier, uh, and that that's Dalton Hilliard. Um, you know, I looked up his numbers last year. Of course, he did have his 19 catches for the season, but you know what? He averaged per per reception 4.6 yards uh, per catch. Pretty pretty shaky if you're the third down back. Uh, this year, four catches, 91 yards, two touchdowns. We've already seen him with a 31-yard uh, catch, a uh, 30-yard catch, I think, against the Raiders as as well. So he's been in my book, uh, certainly an added weapon uh, against a, a good Colts defense, one that shut down or at least held in check the, the Kansas City Chiefs and Pat Mahomes last Sunday. Um, I would say on the opposite side in terms of surprises, um, maybe I'll toss out a couple here. One, those tight ends numbers that we mentioned earlier, who would have thought that Jeff Swain would have more combined catches than Austin Hooper and Chigo Conquo after, after three games? Uh, six catches for Swain and a touchdown. Hooper and Oconquo combined five catches, zero touchdowns. Hooper in particular, uh, I, I'm really surprised that we haven't seen more targets uh, for him. I thought he was going to be a much bigger part of this offense. Um, you know, and just has not been uh, to date. But but defensively, you know, what surprised me, the number of X plays that they have given up. Uh, I think it's uh, eight plays now, 30 yards or more, the Titans have given up in the first three games. And this was something the Titans were pretty good at defensively last year, is limiting those X plays. Uh, and when you look at kind of the struggles of the defense overall, I think those big plays really have had a lot to, to do with it. Denard, three games in, there's there's still a lot of football to be played, but but what surprises you about this team right now? You know, I just uh, watching things come together. I know for the past few weeks it's been tough, and this is a team right now. You're talking about the Titans; they can be what two and one. You're talking about if Randy, yeah, yeah they, if Randy hits that field goal, then they're two and one. And so it, it's like only thing you want is you want to gain momentum as you go. Um, and what one of the things when I noticed about this team is that there was a sense of urgency from the start. I mean, it, it was it was like their demeanor was different than the game in Buffalo. You saw Derek. I mean, like you talking about the yards after contact. It's like the Raiders didn't want none of that. It was just it was like it was too much for them. So what I want to see from this team uh, is just continue to develop that continuity uh, with continuity comes chemistry. You, you gotta have it. And so when you talk about the play of the offensive line, as they get intact and develop that chemistry, then all of a sudden it's like, it's just going to go off. And that's what you're looking for. I know they didn't start hot, but one of the things I love about this group is they play for one another. If you look at the way this defensive line played, look at the way the defense played uh, Sunday, there was about three third downs that the Raiders could have, if they converted on, they end up scoring. It's a different ball game. But the fact that when they were in the goal, in the red zone and how they just, they was like, you know what? We're, we're going to deny this team. We're not going to be not. We are going to go out there and make a play. What a great play. I mean, that's just a gutsy performance. It's going to take that if they're going to be successful. If they can play the way that they played in the second half, that defense and eliminate the big plays and be just, just, absolutely monsters in the red zone, it's going to be hard to beat this group uh, from here on out. Yeah, for me, the biggest surprise, I'm surprised we have not 
seen a, a bigger impact from Zach Cunningham at inside linebacker. That that's a guy I expected to see flying all over the field, making tackles, putting up putting up huge numbers in that regard. And I'm not saying he's been he's been poor, but he he just you, you don't notice him nearly as much as as you would expect for a guy who's you know the defense is designed for a guy like him to to make tackles. But on the uh, on the plus side, it, it kind of ties into John your your tight end numbers there. I, I am surprised at the you know how how Ryan Tannehill is spreading the ball around. It's it's been a different leading receiver each game. You go from Kyle Phillips to Traylon Burks to Robert Woods. Um, it, you know it, it seems like. It, it, there was there was a play. There's a third down play against the Raiders where Nick Westbrook Aquina made a big yeah. catch. It, you, you know, T- Tannehill certainly had his favored guy in AJ Brown the last couple of years, and and he he's he's looking to me like he doesn't need to have a favored guy that he can he can do that. You know, whatever the coverage tells him to do, that's where he's going to go and, and put the ball. And uh, I think that's you know we, we've talked a lot about the. The issues at receivers, the changes, you know, what's it all going to mean? I, I think it's, uh, you know, it, it's not been that detrimental right now in in terms of uh, in terms of them missing AJ Brown. But as I mentioned, it's uh, it, it's Indianapolis this week. The Titans are the last team in the AFC South to play one of their division foes. Uh, depending on how things go, they could be tied for first after this game. So it's. Uh, it's a big one, and we will we will talk about that one next week after the fact. Denard Walker, thank you. Thank you. Great show. Thank you. John Glennon, thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. And I am David Beauclair. We thank you all for listening, as always. This is the Believe in Titans podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.